The public liked him so much when he filled in my shoes when I was lying on a beach somewhere in Fiji. We decided to get him back on air again with his specialty subject. It is Mr. Craig Cumming. Craig, welcome back to the program, and thanks very much for going easy on G when I was away last week, mate. No, my pleasure, Darcy. Really enjoyed it, actually, and uh, it was a great sort of week to fill in for you while you're away. And I, when you say my special subject, are we talking motorsport? Because I am so up to play with what's going on there. Is that where Goran gets it all from? I thought he was actually listening to me, mate. <laughs> Maybe not. No, yeah, it was very much, it was a little bit like the blind leading the blind. I'd like to think I'm a little bit more, I'm, I'm more involved and I'm more interested than Goran, but um, I enjoyed Pukekoe, but I dare say we're here to talk cricket, aren't we? Yeah, we are indeed, because it gets underway. We're going to try and uh, put a line through the results of the T20s and, and move forward against Pakistan this evening. Midnight, the game starts. And I suppose, Craig, the big thing to look at in this particular fixture is that as good as they are in T20s, they are terrible, Pakistan, when it comes to ODIs. Did you know they've lost 17 out of their last 21 games against Australia, South Africa, India, New Zealand and England, i.e. the big bangers uh, in the circuit. They are just rotten and they've lost 11 on the bounce now to New Zealand. How do you balance that up, mate? Yeah, well that was evident last year when they came over here and we were expecting high things in the one day campaign in the, in the one day you know, in the summer and they just didn't perform. New Zealand played very well. They, they knocked them out early and they really knocked their confidence and they played exceptionally well and led by Trent Bolt with the ball and the guys with the bat. So it didn't surprise, you know, they got knocked around, but we then saw them bounce back so quickly in those T20s and it shows, and it's showing was it 11 series in a row now. And that's one side of the game they're obviously very comfortable with. They enjoy playing. I mean, one day cricket means you've got to do things better for longer. And, um, you know, that's where New Zealand probably uh, come more into their fore and Pakistan struggle. But let's not forget, and I know people sort of uh, are saying it a lot, foreign conditions, they're used to it where they are. Their confidence will be high. And also the balance of their side, I think, is very good at the moment. So they'll look to carry that on. New Zealand's challenge will be to try and uh, work out how they can put the most competitive 11 on with the balance they've got, but they've also got a bit of an eye to the future of what's going on. And I look at it, and without Martin Guptill there, it creates a lot of question marks and also what they're going to do in the middle order. So it would be a fool to look at past results and think this is a lay down Mazir then? Oh, I would say so, just simply because they've played very well in the short form like the T20, but then you've just mentioned those results and, you know, I don't know, I think you, you, can't, you, you can't say we're certainly favourites over there, but we do know New Zealand plays a lot better one day cricket it's always an area that we've played very well in and, um, you know, guys like uh, some of our players maybe not be able to hit the ball over the boundary from day dot or ball dot, but they also can uh, manipulate the strike. And you just got to look at a couple of players that will come in. is Tom Latham, who plays exceptionally well on the subcontinent. It was just this time last year where he was brilliant in India. He struggled at home when he was uh, batting at the top of the order. So my question is, are they going to do that with this uh, without Gupta? Will Latham open? Uh, will they keep him in the middle order because he does such a good job against spin in that area? So that's question number one. Number two is they've got this thing with BJ Watling. They're trying to fit him into the side as a batsman only. I don't know if he's the right person. Uh, Nichols will come in and uh, he does a good job there. So the question again, when I say the word question, Colin de Grandholm, what part does he play? And also uh, Ajaz Patel, inexperienced. Uh, East Sodi needs to really stand up in this form of the game, but we're, we're lacking that second spinner, which you need over there. Yeah, and also looking at the pace attack, and we'll go into the, the batting again, but there's the, the long argument about Tim Southey's position in this side. Matt Henry's over there and raring to go. Uh, we, we've got players in and around that could, could fill that seamer spot. Unlikely that they'd, they'd stick a, a three-pronged attack, or likely? What do you think of the makeup of the seamers? 
Well, I've always talked about uh, that East Sodi plays ahead of Lockie Ferguson because they're their attacking option. That's uh, when they're at home. When they're away, you're right, Tim Southey's statistics in the last 12 to 18 months aren't great at all, and they probably haven't given Matt Henry a go. So I would dare say in this three-match series, there'll be a little bit of an eye and maybe a direction to Gary Stead that he needs to uh, give Matt Henry an opportunity. Maybe Tim Southey might play one of the games. Trent Bolt will come in. But, I mean, Ferguson is there now. It'll depend on the conditions. They're quite slow. But if you've got fast bowlers who can mix it up, they're quite hard to hit in those conditions. For me, it'll be around the spin. East Sodi's there. He can play. But when we play uh, Patel, it actually really lightens the batting. So, um, But you probably very rarely will you go into subcontinent conditions and only play one specialist spinner. And that probably shows at the moment without Mitch Satner playing, we're a little bit light and, and Todd Astle can play as an all-rounder. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions. So I'll be really interested to see how they do it, Darcy, actually, yep. because the balance is key. Do you, are you I know where they're at with Astle at the moment? Last time I heard, he was still 50-50. I'm not quite sure it's tipped. Uh, whether that counts for anything, I'm not sure. But um, I suppose when the injury's hanging over his head, you're unlikely to play him more. Yeah, I'd say so, um, especially with the Test Series coming up uh, where there's three of them. So I'd say if it's 50-50, he won't play. The difference is he can bat and they see him as an all-rounder. Well, Mike Hesson used to see him as an all-rounder. You've got to remember Gary Stead might have uh, different thoughts. He is a cantab. He obviously rates him. He's played a lot under him, but he could bat seven. So he might be fighting for a spot with someone like uh, Colin de Grandholm, um, which one suits the conditions. For me, uh, I mean, your top order would be Munro, um, question mark, and I'd say they might go with Latham as an opener, but then uh, George Worker deserves an opportunity. He's been waiting in the wings. He did a great job for New Zealand when he plays. So I'm going to change my mind now, Darcy. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Munro and Worker. Then we've got obviously Williamson and Taylor. Uh, five nickels. Then I would actually well five. You could do Latham six nickels, and then you play your bowlers from there. Um, as I said, Todd Astle gives them a, a batting an all rounder at seven. So the question will be: Do they play Patel? Or do they need to play De Gronholm because they need more specialised batting at seven? Sodi eight, and then you've got your three seamers from there. Mm. And I suppose the best thing about this is that it was it was, it was poor form when it comes to the T20s. It started off well, and it just got worse each game after that. But the Cavalry have come back. There's a lot of experience, as you mentioned, some of those names, guys that know what it takes to win and have uh, had long standings in the game. And it's great to have to welcome those guys back into the fold again. They were sorely missed that experience. Yeah, well, when you look at our batsmen, you look at even, you know, Kane Williamson batting at three, world class. Ross Taylor batting at four. We've got two of the best players in the middle order going around. So they don't have to change their tempo. We know how good they can be and they can win games and everyone else fits around them and what they do. So that's um, what we, as our strength, we usually have Martin Gaptal at the top. A lot of pressure on Munro. He didn't have a great summer in the 50-over format, Darcy, whereas he did well in the T20. I mean, I've just left University of Otago Oval where Hamish Rutherford has just picked up 150 uh, earlier on today. So, I mean, you know, he's a guy that's playing exceptionally well. Um, there's not a lot of depth when it comes to batting, but he's certainly thrown his name up in the hat or in the lights when it comes to this season so far. That's his third hundred. Uh, two in the Ford Trophy, one in the Plunkett Shield. So um, there's a bit of pressure on Munro to score runs. We know how exciting he can be. Let's just hope he can understand the role that he's put in there to do. Maybe without Guptill, he might be a bit clearer, and he'll just go out and just go hard. And uh, I don't care if he gets 30 off... 20 balls and gets out. He just His job is to get us going, and then Williamson and Taylor can come in and start sort of manipulating from there. Um, and then you've got Latham, who does a good job in the middle. He's shown in the subcontinent he can play the spin very well. So we've got guys who know their roles, who play very, very well in this format. So I expect us to be um, yeah, confident enough to win this series. Maybe 2-1, I'd take that over there. 
But I didn't think they were too bad in the T20s. That last game, that can happen. Uh, they were out of the series, and uh, Pakistan just played with a bit more freedom. But they're a good side, and I just like their bowlers know what they're doing. But in one-day cricket, you can't just run in and try and bowl Yorkers and bounces, you've got to have more of a game when it comes to bowling, and that's why I think it'll even the two sides out when it comes to uh, the, t- the one-dayers as opposed to the T20s. And last but not least, Craig Cumming, what on earth did Corey Anderson do to piss off the cricket gods like he's done? Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know if he would have made the side, but it just uh, a bruised heel, I think he got it bowling. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if, if you're continuing getting injured bowling, Darcy, you know what the simple thing is to do? Um, get... Stop bowling? <laughs> Stop bowling. I mean, I know he's had his back fused and he's been going well, but you know, from it must be so hard for Corey, uh, a, a hell of a nice guy. You know, he does need to perform a bit better on the international stage with the bat. Sometimes, if you get rid of that worry of bowling at the moment and just throw it away and say, "You look, I'll, I'll worry about it maybe in a year's time," and just try and become, you know, the best batsman in the country in the middle order. But I feel for him because he's a heck of a nice guy, and there's nothing worse than hitting the gym again because you're in rehab and hopefully it's a, it's a quick recovery and he's back playing soon. Nice one, Craig. Thanks very much for your time and hey, I'm looking no worries, forward buddy. to taking another holiday so you can get some more work. See you later, mate. <laughs> Thank you, Darcy. Look forward to it.